0: So through that process, I realized that I had been attracting men who need me, not men who want me because I didn't feel worthy of being in a relationship with a man who didn't need me in any particular way, didn't rely on me for business advice, didn't rely on me for sexual connection, didn't rely on me for money or any of those things that just like actually was his own man.
2: All right, Melissa, I am so freaking excited that you are here on the show with us today. As I mentioned in the intro, Melissa is one of my best friends in the entire world. And yeah, so I'm just thrilled that you're here and we can share some of this magic, some of your magic with our audience.
0: I love this moment right now. It's so surreal because I remember our very long drive in the car from California to Arizona, talking mm. about, you know, the vision that you had, yes. and like, what were you going to call it, and all the different yes. themes, and like, just, and now here we are, like,
2: here we are. I know, I know, and that's such a special thing, and, and just speaks to also, which we've talked about before on the show, and obviously, we've got a whole episode about it, but like, finding, sisters, friends, tribe that like gets you that you can share these big dreams with who can support you along the way. Cause yeah, it is so cool. Like, yes, this is cool for me and and you being a part of this and like a sounding board for me for, for so many things. But then also when we see like our other friends, like s- something from starting at just an idea and then turning into something often bigger than and more like wild and amazing than we ever even dreamed. So it's such a fun thing and and so even more like encouragement to everybody to find their tribe of like yes. soul sisters, soul people that got your back and can celebrate these sorts of things with you. So yeah, thank you. It makes it even even more exciting. Um, so as everybody knows, we start things off with a little bit of rapid fire. So let's get into it. What is something that you are grateful for right now?
0: Oh my gosh. So many things. I'm, I, I think first and foremost, I'll just say, I'm really grateful for my health. I think mm-hmm. that, um, anytime you run into health issues, I'm using like issues in quotations, like you realize that if you don't have your health, you have nothing. And mm-hmm. one of the priorities that I live by is that energy is your number one priority. Ooh, so yep. I'm just very grateful for my health.
2: Nice. All right. What is a guilty pleasure of yours? Oh, I have so many. I okay. don't feel that's guilty <laughs> though.
0: Like it's not like exactly. a guilty I, have, thing.
2: I feel like I have to preface this with yes. everybody or put a disclaimer because everyone I've talked to, they're like, well, I don't feel guilty about it. And that's because that's the kind of people that we are, right? We own our decisions and we don't feel shame around them, right? Like sometimes sure, but like, yeah. So what are what are your guilty mm. pleasures that you don't feel guilt about?
0: Well, I love ice cream. So sometimes mm. I'll eat that for breakfast or in bed Ooh, or sometimes bed, I'll eat the whole thing the by myself. I know that we yes. share this, this pleasure. Yes. This is probably funny or awkward or weird, but like That'd stalking bad guys on social media and going down <laughs> rabbit holes on their social medias. Like if I find a hot guy, I'm like, I want to know everything. And I just go in deep. Oh, like I want to know the, the social media post from like six years ago. Like, yeah. Definitely a yes. pleasure, for sure. Yes.
2: Yes. So what is a random fact that people probably don't know about you?
0: Oh, this is a good one. This is weird. Random fact about me. I don't wear deodorant.
2: Oh, I yes, never really is. have. Um,
0: that's not true. Sometimes I will if I'm super nervous, like if I'm getting ready to go on a date or I'm in a long car ride and I'm wearing funky, like artificial fabrics, I'll Wet, but like I don't wear deodorant to the gym like I just never have I just you know I'm unicorn status so yeah and know. and you guys
2: I can attest to this because she's one of my best friends and we've like shared a bed together and like hung out a ton she I have never smelled like you smell bad in any way so like that is shocking to me like I'm just, I have envy around, around your armpits, I guess. (laughs) It's a great start to the conversation. I got that Armpit envy. (laughs) Okay. So as, as we know as well, and we, with all of our guests, like everybody who comes on this show, they are really living out their purpose and designing a life around what, what really lights them up. So that being said, because obviously you're doing what you are meant to be doing and it's all like your own, you know, your, your lifestyle design. So if you weren't doing what you do now, what kind of job or career would be like super cool?
0: Ooh, if I, God, I can't even imagine what I would do if I wasn't doing what I'm doing. Cause I love what I do. Something having to do with public speaking or education, which I guess is a cop out. Cause that's exactly what I do. Now. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know what? Or if it's like having a dog rescue or like, Yeah, I would be Beyonce's assistant. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, (laughs) if
0: I could have any superpower in the world, like any talent, it would definitely be performing, like singing, dancing, performing. Yeah, like something where people would pay attention to me.
2: All right, I like that. What did you want to be when you were little?
0: Oh, I wanted to be an Olympic equestrian.
2: Wow. I grew
0: up riding horses, and I always wanted to be like a person that got paid to ride horses professionally right. and like I was a, I a was a horse girl growing up yeah, as well yeah. yeah yes I know yeah yes. that's why we love each other um <laughs> but yeah I think I mean maybe that goes back to the other question that you asked like if I wasn't doing what I'm doing now what would I do and I would, I would be
2: a professional equestrian I love it when is the last time that you cried possibly on FaceTime with me like two days <laughs> yesterday ago yesterday with you
0: <laughs> on FaceTime was that yesterday <laughs> um yeah I cry a lot um yeah and I just it's interesting because I'll be like dancing to a Drake song like dropping it low and I'll I'll have a thought and all of a sudden I'm like crying out of nowhere (laughs) like where did that come from but I just want to embrace embrace it and let it flow
2: yeah and sometimes Drake just brings that out out of you right right? (laughs) when's the last time that you laughed so hard that you almost peed your pants
0: probably last night during our
2: text message conversation. Oh my gosh, you guys, I cannot disclose what we were talking about, but it was good. And it, it, it was around dating ish kind of, and which we will talk about coming up. And yeah, let's just say like, shit voice notes with your best friends and stuff like that it gets real I'm just gonna and,
0: I'm just gonna oh read gosh. one heart. oh gosh I literally cried My he idea. probably smells gross he definitely has some sort of alkaline
2: situation going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry anyway I don't know who said that <laughs> all right what is your favorite travel destination or your next travel destination
0: favorite has to be tulum i mean you know that i tell you every day i'm like can we go back to tulum please Mm -hmm. Uh, tulum has like my heart close second would be hawaii maui i love Mm -hmm. maui like there's energy there it actually feels it's similar to tulum in the sense it's very nurturing and very grounding and the pace is very slow Mm -hmm. next travel destination well TBD on that, but if I could go anywhere, Greece for sure, and that was also Ooh, on yes
2: the list of places to go. Yes, I know. We'll 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 figure it out when we can, right? We'll be there eventually. It's gonna happen. All right. So now we're gonna get into kind of the the juicier stuff. But I would love. I know we introduced you right out of the gate, but I would love for you to share your story. So how you got to where where you're at now, and what you are up to hmm
0: it's always so interesting when people ask you this question because you're like oh me I don't know right and then you're like <laughs> I'm awesome let me tell you all the things <laughs> yeah um, I feel like I've gotten to where I am built on the back of several defining moments that have called me to a higher mm. purpose so like those rock bottom moments where you're like on your knees, crying, like why is this happening? I've learned to reframe and ask like, what's here for me? Why is this happening for me? And so I've been through so many of those experiences in life from a very early age of this moment where I realized, you know, the pedestal that I had put my dad on was no longer there and he became a human being. Right. I think we all go through these phases in our life where we realize our parents are humans and they're not gods. And that Mm -hmm. was like a big wake up call for me to my sister, my older sister passing away from leukemia um, when she was 26 and I was 20. And like what that taught me about life and appreciating every moment and how to not tolerate bullshit. Right. To losing my career. I worked in the financial service industry for 15 years and got laid off. And it like, I felt like I'd lost my identity. I was in over hundred thousand dollars worth of debt, like thinking of filing for bankruptcy and just feeling lost. Like truly, if I could really, when I look at all of the things, that moment, that was really the moment for me that called me into the personal development Mm -hmm. space that really called me to probably the most rock bottom because something that I have struggled with my whole life was my relationship with money and Mm -hmm. losing my job and putting myself in this place of financial ruin called forward all of my limiting beliefs around myself when it came to worthiness and money and success and contribution and importance because I was, it was so tied to my career
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and I at the time, was trying to pivot out of the financial service industry, and i I couldn't get hired anywhere. and I couldn't mm. understand why I was like literally the most hireable person. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I learned in that moment that rejection is often redirection, and I was being redirected yes. somewhere else. And because of that experience, I was introduced to health and fitness, and I thought, you know, it'd be Great for my self-esteem to do a fitness competition. (laughs) Spoiler alert, it's (laughs) terrible. Don't do it. But I got involved in fitness and health and wellness. I was introduced to um, a supplement company and it was in network marketing. So I actually started to build a network marketing company. And so that one defining moment in my life of losing my job and falling into this place of depression and kind of not knowing who I am, pivoted me into this path of entrepreneurship and getting into network marketing, I learned a lot about how to think like a business owner. I learned a lot about sales and marketing. I learned so much about leadership development and personal development and perseverance. And I had never in my life thought I would be where I am today. But mm-hmm. because that one thing happened, it put me on this path. And so I built a top network marketing organization of over 5,000 people. I was I earned well over a million dollars. And in 2019, that company restructured and I lost all of my income in 60 days, Mm. which was painful. And six months later, I transitioned out of my marriage, which was also painful, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: but because I had been there before and because I was so much more rooted in my own gifts and what was possible. And I had caught a vision of like what life could be like when you say yes to the scary things. I didn't freak out. I leaned in more heavily and started to say, okay, like what's next? What's for me? What's on the other side of this obstacle? And here we are today. Like I have a thriving business. I live in this beautiful high-rise apartment in midtown Atlanta. I have incredible clients. I have incredible girlfriends, like life. It it was so worth it, right? It was so fucking worth going through the pain and the struggle and the fire and the tests of everything to get to here. I just didn't, know, so yeah, that's
2: my short story. Oh my gosh. And okay, so we're going to talk about your business in a second, but just off of that, because I, I even have more questions now than I already had. What What's like a piece of advice? So something, some quick piece of advice for somebody who's listening to this being like, yeah, cool. Like good for you, figuring out how to like dig in and grind and like not let rock, several like rock bottom moments, losing your business, like losing a ton of money ending your marriage like that is devastating you know and I've I've had similar experiences what advice would you give somebody who's going through that and feels like yeah right I'm not that kind of person to be able to thrive from this right like that phoenix like rising out of the ashes situation
0: man I mean when you're in it it doesn't feel good. And it's, it's very easy to feel hopeless. And I think it's important to feel the feels and honor them and know that like, yeah, I'm in a shit situation right now. But I think the one thing that has always helped me get through any tough time is kind of going through like, what's the worst case scenario? Like if this were to get worse, how bad can it get? And what would I do if I were in that situation? Like how, so it's about getting into the energetics of being resourceful. And Mm -hmm. that to me has been a skill that you can't learn unless you're in shit situations, like how to be resourceful. So I think it's like, number one, like acknowledge the fact that you are in a tough time. Number two, try and play this out. Like, okay, what's the worst thing that can happen? And if I were faced with that, what would I do? Who would I call? what resources are available to me, you know, and I think that's why it's so important that you surround yourself with positive people, that you build great relationships, because I know no matter what happens, if the shit hits the fan, I'm never going to be homeless. I always have people I can call for help. I mean, I could move back in with my mom if I needed to, right? And that's probably the worst case scenario. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're in it, I say, don't worry. Like it can always be worse. And when you really start to play out, like what's the worst case scenario, you start to get into the energetics of being resourceful
2: and figuring your way out. Absolutely. So a little, a little bit of a, a shift, cause I would love for you to tell everybody about your business and how you help people in the world. And I, and before I turn it over to you to, to chat, I will say that as we talked about already, Melissa is a coach and like that's, that's so simple to say it that way. And she will explain it, like give you so much more color around what that means. But I like, I, I feel like I luck out by being a close friend of yours because you give such potent, wise, like beautiful advice and guidance. And like, I, I mean, it has benefited my life and who I am and how I want to show up in the world so much and in so many ways and all the time right and so i would and and you bring that like what i get to experience like you bring that to your clients like in such a powerful way so i would love for you to tell everybody a bit about your business and yeah and how you help people in the world
0: well, thank you. I receive all that. And you know, this is the benefit of having a girlfriend whose love language is words of affirmation, because I just, I'm just like, yes, pour it on me, pour it on me. I love it. I love talking to you, Laura, because I always am like, I receive. Um, so thank you for that. So there's a few things that I do, but yes, I identify as a coach and teacher kind of architect or, or archetype. And so I work with high-performing women that are either Um, currently in the corporate world and want to pivot out and start their own businesses and they're not really sure how or they already have thriving businesses but they're looking to scale and grow. And the thing Mm. that's really holding them back is limiting beliefs, mindset, beliefs around money, um, systems, strategy, things like that. So whether they're in network marketing or they're already running a high-performing business, they're just, you know, the things that got them to where they are now are not the things that are going to help them scale and grow. And so they're really looking for that so that's one thing that I do that I love. Like I'm obsessed with my clients. I, I love them. I see them. It's so incredible to have a conversation with somebody who you can see so clearly what their gifts are. You can see the potential, and but they just can't see it. And then through the mm-hmm. container of being able to work together, you start to see like the veil uncover and like their belief grow and then taking action and it actually works and then you know just their magic in the world so i'm obsessed with with coaching and i also create um experiences containers communities and digital products for network marketers earlier stage mm-hmm. network marketers yes because i did network marketing for 7 years i'm so passionate about the industry and when my company restructured in 2019 I made the very conscious decision not to stay in the industry. I decided to pivot out because I saw so many people struggling to really get their business off the ground. And I'm like, the the things that I teach and the things that I've learned about sales and marketing and business and money and spirituality and energy and and alignment and all that isn't taught in network marketing. And it's my mission to change the statistics. You know, I think the statistic right now, if you go on the DSA website is like ninety seven percent of network marketers don't make money, which the, that that wow. statistic isn't really accurate because not everybody who's in network marketing is there to make money, but they kind of get lumped into the mm-hmm. averages. And I want to change that statistic. I want that statistic to say ninety seven percent of people in network marketing make money.
2: yeah so that's my
0: that's my mission. I and, love
2: that. And yeah, and as everybody, like, as the audience knows, like i I was in network marketing for a bit as well, still generate income from it. And, and it can be such a beautiful industry. Like it is a really cool industry and it can be, you can create such a cool business in network marketing. Like it's a beautiful thing. Um, And there are so many great companies out there. And like, that's really where I learned so many of my like major entrepreneurship skills and like really got into personal development was, was, Yes, before network marketing, but that was really where I like, you know turned cranked it up a lot for sure. Um, so with that, what would you say like one of your like juicy superpowers is that when it comes to helping people?
0: Oh, I think I have a few, but i the one that comes to mind, I'm like I have a few superpowers. I am a well, done.
2: obviously. um
0: i am I am an idea generator. And I have this like insane ability to connect dots for people and take concepts that they can't seem to like wrap their head around and break down into something more simple. So for example, if you came to me and you said, I want to start a podcast, but I don't know what to call it. Like, I'm not really sure. And I have all these ideas. Like we would be, I would be able to take this like nebulous thing that feels Mm -hmm. like spaghetti right in your brain and be able to simplify it for you into very like simple, easy, linear steps at the same time, being able to help you clarify your thoughts and like generate ideas for you. Like, like people have a hard time conceptualizing. They're like, I can't quite put my finger on it. And I can be like, Oh, it's this, 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 and done. And they're like, Oh yes. How did you do that? (laughs)
2: <laughs> and I will say like, from experience, literally, that was like, we did that in a car ride. I was like, you know, I want to make this podcast and here's all this stuff. Right. And then I like have a page of notes from our conversation. So yes, accurate, very accurate. So well, and so yes, you've got your coaching and all that. And you're also creating something really exciting too. Can we talk about that?
0: Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So aside from my personal brand, which my business and everything that I'm creating in the world, like I would consider lifestyle income, right? It's what Mm. I live on right now. It's what I'm building my own like version of wealth on. But I started a business in 2018 with my best friend, my best friend, Sandy Bo, Mm -hmm. who is a meditation teacher and spiritual practitioner. And we were just going to partner on an event together. She was doing um, spirituality and meditation, and I was talking a lot about like entrepreneurship and money mindset. So we decided to host this event. We called it Ladies Aligned. It was on a full moon, August 2018. We had 11 or 12 women show up. We charged $47. And from that one event, because we just decided to take aligned action and we just wanted to serve women, it turned into us building a six-figure business, um, doing coaching and personal development. We hosted in-person events and we started to realize that um, our brand was becoming a personal brand. Like it was relying on her and I to run. And we really wanted Ladies Align to be a standalone brand that we could Mm. sell someday, that we could grow and sell. And so uh, we got a beautiful gift of 2020 (laughs) handed to us and the opportunity to reimagine how we built our business. And every time we go through these kind of iterations. It's like, we get tapped with this vision. That's like, no, go bigger, no, go bigger, Mm. go bigger. So ladies aligned media was born and we are in the process right now of completely shifting the brand to be a, we are changing the way women consume media. We want to disrupt the industry because so much of the media that's out there is told through a very patriarch lens and it's heavily rooted in lack and scarcity and not enoughness. Yeah. We really want to change that. And we want to create a place for women to be seen, to be heard, to be celebrated, um, to celebrate other women. So that's mm-hmm. in the works right now. It feels scary. So it exciting. feels big, but it feels <clears throat> so incredible.
2: Yeah. Yes. I love, yeah. So, so exciting. I can't wait to see that really, really come to life and be out in the world it's it's so freaking cool okay I would love to dig into because this is something selfishly that's like very new for me and real in my world and talking about coming out of a marriage because that is part of my reality as of this past year and so and, and obviously you and I have talked about this so much and we both have a lot of parallels in, in our experiences. And so for you, I know that there was some challenges around that like masculine, feminine energy dynamic and almost like who was the leader in the relationship or um, the one kind of like casting the vision and stuff like that. So I would love to kind of hear a bit more and have you share a bit more about about that experience or what, what kind of led you to shift out of your marriage um, in the first place? Because I know we have so many, like, you know, I've, I've been through this. There are so many strong, powerful women who listen to this show and it can be, yeah, it it I know for myself, like I don't necessarily want to be the like alpha in the relationship and stuff like that. And when we are both like high powered, like successful women like in our businesses, one, that balance in a relationship can sometimes be challenging from both sides, but I would love to hear more about your experience with that and if you yeah, can share a bit.
0: Man, hindsight is 2020, right? And we can't connect the dots looking backwards. I mean, looking forward, we can only connect the dots looking backwards, right? That's a Steve Jobs quote. And so looking back, I can see things so much more clearly now than I could have when I was in it. So I think for anybody that's listening that maybe is going through um, a difficult time in relationships, or they're going through divorce, just to give yourself a little bit of grace and know that you're doing the best that you can to figure out a really challenging situation. And it might not make sense to you right now, but later the dots will connect and you'll find more peace. At least that's been my experience. So I attracted in a partner that would give me the opportunity and the gift to decide whether or not I wanted to heal parts of me that I was unhappy with. That's the whole point of relationships. People come into our life, they mirror back to us all the things that we hate about ourselves. They also <laughs> mirror back all the things that we love about ourselves. And then it's our duty to take that information and run with it. And, you know, I attracted a man into my life who um put me in a position of feeling needed, which was a is a core um, driver of mine. It's from living in codependent relationships. So being needed means that, you won't leave me means that you won't abandon me means that I have purpose and value. So what that looked like for me was, um, you know, we were both building our businesses at the same time, but my business was growing a little bit faster. And so I easily stepped into the helper role, the coach role, uh, for my, for my partner. And it looked very innocent on the outside. Oh, mm-hmm. it, you don't know how to manage your money? Let me do that for you. I'll do that for you. Oh, you need help with your business? Let me do that for you. Hey babe, yeah. like why don't you do it this way?
2: And context for everyone listening, you you were both building a network marketing business with the same company. Yes. Yes. We were
0: both building in our network. That's actually how we met. Our person who introduced us to the network marketing company introduced us to each other. And at the same time, he was also building his own fitness business. He had he renovated his gym. He had a 900 square foot gym or a garage that he turned into a gym and was personal training and doing athlete training. So he was on his path of greatness. And I came along and fucked it up, to be honest. Like I came along and was like, mm, you're doing it wrong. Mm, you could do this better. Mm, no, let me help you. Oh, you don't know how to do that. Let me do that. And mm-hmm. what I didn't know at the time was that I was creating this perfect storm of One, like taking away his ability to make mistakes and support him through that. I was creating this scenario where like he needed me yeah, because I didn't give him the opportunity to try and fail. I wanted to keep him from that, which I think is innocent, right? Like, oh, we don't ever want people to experience pain and we don't want them to fail, but we also rob them of the lesson. And I also started to very slowly emasculate him. And put myself in a position of power, because for me, money equals power, money equals safety, control equals safety. And if I'm in a place where I don't feel safe, I'm going to step into the need to control. And so as this started to happen in our marriage, resonating, yes, I think all high-performing women resonate, right? And so this is where we get the opportunity to do our work, right? Right. And so I started to notice the paradigms shifting between us where like, he wasn't being as romantic as I would like him to be. And he wasn't taking charge of like our dating life or trips. He wasn't really, you know, wanting to build business with me. And I got frustrated and I was like, well, you never do this. And I started to point the finger outward Mm -hmm. And I got to a point in our relationship where I realized like, okay, I've actually been here before in every relationship I've ever been in, but because I was married, I had to make a decision. Do I want to continue down this path or do I want to do my own work and start healing my shit? And so that set me off on this quest to explore My triggers, my wounds. And I got into somatic therapy. I went into regular therapy. I hired coaches. I joined masterminds. I started doing work to tap into my feminine and learn about masculine and feminine energies. And in the process of all of that, I started to heal and grow. But unfortunately, he didn't come along on that journey with me. And it's very challenging when you're in a relationship with somebody who's not willing. To grow, mm-hmm. I do think that that's a really important part of a great relationship is the ability to hold space for the other person while they're growing, but also do your own work. And unfortunately, that just wasn't our reality. And it got to a point where I had to get very clear on what my values were. And no one had ever really helped me do that. I hired a professional coach and she helped me get very clear on what my non-negotiables were in relationships, what my values were, and be able to bring that to him and say, I'm not asking you to change. I'm not telling you what to do, but these are my non-negotiables and this is what's important to me. And these are my values. And if you are willing to meet my needs and meet my values and my non-negotiables, then great and if you're not then i will leave and i had to stand in that and i had to be mm-hmm. i had to be willing to deal with what would happen if he wasn't willing to meet my needs and i think this yeah. is what a lot of people stay in relationships because they're afraid of what the other person might say and ultimately yeah. it didn't work out and so we made the decision to transition out of our marriage and It was a very confusing time for me because on the one hand, I was so happy and excited about this new life and this new direction, but I was also really sad because I knew that my decision to follow my truth meant that it was going to cause somebody else their pain. Right. But at the end of the day, if you're not being honest with yourself about what's important to you, you'll never be able to be honest with anybody else.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I I completely agree. Completely agree. And then since then, like, you know, you took a break from dating to really work on yourself. I would love to know and like, have you share some of the things that you really, after making that decision and after ending your marriage, when you're all on your own, like what were some of the key things you did to really heal, not just from that relationship, but heal stuff from like childhood or way before that contributed to that relationship dynamic and the ending of that relationship? Like what are some of those things that you did to really like get yourself to that next level?
0: So the first thing I'll say is it's still a process. I mean, we were talking about this the other day, like every new experience with dating and relationships and love is a new layer of, um, growth to uncover Mm -hmm. and to evolve through. So I just hired a dating coach, which I'm excited about. But in the beginning, it kind of went in phases. Like the first three months after that was a lot of sadness, a lot of crying, a lot of sleeping, a lot of self-nurturing, a lot of long conversations with women that I trust. And I should say women that could hold space for me that weren't trying to give me relationship advice, but more so could just say, I see you and I support you. And, yeah. and that's so important. Um, a lot of meditating, a lot of journaling. I had a lot of support from various coaches and spiritual practitioners and a lot of just reflection and and really just leaning into and learning about codependency, learning about relationships, learning about all the the things that had come up in the context of my marriage and just witnessing it from like an outside perspective and saying, oh, I see that now. And where else is that showing up? So there are a lot of like family trauma to heal. And that's the work. I mean, the work is sitting down and looking at the stuff that you don't want to look at and then journaling on it and talking about it and releasing it a lot of forgiveness. So the first three months were really just about that soft healing Mm -hmm. And like forgiveness. And then from there, it was noticing my edges of like when I started to feel like I wanted attention, I was kind of getting antsy and knowing like, no, I committed to staying single and not getting back into a relationship because that had been a pattern of just jumping from relationship to relationship. Mm -hmm. And then noticing, okay, this is a new edge for me. So what does this mean? And it's interesting. Like, I think that God or source or universe or whatever, whoever you like subscribe to speaks to us in different ways. And for me, God speaks to me through Instagram. Like it's the craziest <laughs> thing. Like I will literally be like, Same. Memes. like, I'm, I'm lonely and I want a guy to flirt with. And I'll like open up my Instagram and it will be like, healing takes time, go inward and do the work. And I'll be like, fine. <laughs> fine. <laughs> um, but what was really cool for me was I started to have these powerful different types of powerful men come forward in my energy field. So like, they would show up in my um, network or on Instagram or whatever. And I would start to notice these different archetypes of men that would come Mm -hmm. forward. And I would start to fantasize about like, well, what would it be like to be in a relationship with this type of guy? And like, noticing limiting beliefs that would come up about, well, I'm not thin enough, or I'm not pretty enough, or I'm not rich enough, or I'm not classy enough, or I'm not smart enough, or I'm not spiritual enough. Like all of the shit would come forward and be like, whoa, sis, like where did all this like judgment come from? Right. So that was such a beautiful experience for me to go through the next layer. So through that process, I realized that I had been attracting men who need me, not men who want me. Because I didn't feel worthy of being in a relationship with a man who didn't need me in any particular way, didn't rely on me for business advice, didn't rely on me for sexual connection, didn't rely on me for money or any of those things that yeah. just like actually was his own man and was healthy. And like, when I say healthy, I mean like spiritually evolved and a healthy masculine and had done his own work. So I didn't right. have to step in as a coach archetype, which is like yes relationship. So that was interesting. And then, you know, the the third sort of phase was actually getting into dating and and having men in my energy field. And man, I mean, we've had hours and hours of (laughs) conversation. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Um, But yeah, it's all beautiful. And I'm, yeah, I'm in the phase now of opening up my sexual energy, tapping more into my feminine, like exploring what feels sensual, what kind of outfits make me feel good, being in, situations with men that give me an opportunity to use my voice and talk about what i want and what i don't want which i've never felt
2: comfortable doing before but and that's the new edge yeah what was one of the biggest lessons that came out of your marriage
0: i think the biggest lesson um for me and this might be like i don't don't want to sound cynical but the biggest lesson that came out of my marriage was that every relationship ends at some point and Mm -hmm whether it's your old age and you you know die together or you know you realize that this is not the container that I wish to be in anymore because I'm a different person than I was 7 years ago for me placing an expectation of forever feels incredibly unrealistic and really yeah. unattainable like is the intention for us to go through this through the long haul yes and also I'm open to releasing expectation Because I know that no matter what, every relationship is here to teach me something. So whether we're together for 10 years, five years, 15 years, three months, or three days, I'm learning to release the expectation of the outcome and focus on the journey itself. Yes. I think that was really the biggest thing that helped me release some of the guilt too around like, oh, we were married and we made a promise to each other. Like mm-hmm. my, my view on marriage now is so completely different. So that would be, I think the biggest yeah, lesson I learned.
2: I love that. How did you know then that you were ready to start dating again?
0: I took a whole year to be single. And when I say single, I mean like not even in the DMs like, flirting with like people. Like celibate, like, like on like, your yeah, own. Like no sex, no connection with men, like no conversations, no dating apps but I started to get to a point where I felt like I was ready for the next evolution of healing. Mm. And I got to a point where I didn't feel like anything was missing in my life. I moved through that. I think that like after that first three months, I was kind of like lonely and unfulfilled and felt like something was missing and I wanted attention. And so instead Mm. of, and that that was coming from like a wounded feminine place. Yes. Right? And so I got to a place where I felt so happy with my life. I didn't feel like anything was missing. I got to a place of deep love and respect for myself, deep fulfillment in my work, deep fulfillment in my friendships that I was like, you know what? I don't need to be in a relationship to feel happy. I'm not lonely anymore. And I know that is something that I do want to call in. So what's the next level going to be in this healing process? And I know, and I knew that it would be dating. Like I would have to invite men into my space so that I could observe and witness my ways of being
2: with men. And it was scary as fuck. (laughs) Especially because it was during 2020 when we're like, oh, how do I meet people only online? awesome. Yeah. Not.
0: <laughs> I've never, I had such a negative stigma of online dating because I had mm-hmm. never done it before. And you hear all these horror stories. So I actually had to do some work around my beliefs around online dating and just be open yeah. to miracles and be open to the experience and be open to an abundance of attention, which sometimes can feel weird. Right. Yes. So, yeah. That, that was kind of the next evolution and now I'm kind of on the other side. Of it. I'm like, I don't even think I want dating apps anymore. I'm kind of like, oh, I'm done. right yeah.
2: Like how's it going? And say and I'm in a similar place where I'm okay. like, yeah, I need to I don't know away okay. from these. This is just like a time waster. No offense. Yes. no there. no
0: offense <laughs> to the guys, but like <laughs> I think it's a process, right? So at first I downloaded the apps and I had no idea what I was doing or how I was even using them. So I was swiping on these men on Bumble, not realizing that like they, that had you were like, say like that. saying yes. Yeah. I just thought that they hung out in like some like swipey man bank somewhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, I'll, I'll go. hi. Can yeah. you take a trip to the man bank today? Yeah.
0: Thanks. Like, I have like 15 guys in my bank that I can go chit chat with. Oh, but no, like you have to actually start a conversation so (laughs) it was like a solid month and a half of not knowing how to use but but what was cool about that was I was getting into the energy of what's possible like oh he's cute and just just noticing like what my body responded to like what I found attractive reading different profiles doing a lot of market research like dating in this phase for me was really about market research and (laughs) I I remember, entrepreneurs. yes, oh, oh i like, so, like,
2: I was in the market research phase of online dating, finding my niche, and... like what's my niche,
0: <laughs> niche, niche, whatever the what's fuck my brand, is.
2: what's my brand yeah. on Hinge, yeah, on Bumble? Like,
0: so my first date, oh my gosh, my first date was the, was with a guy that I was so fucking nervous, like I was, I wore deodorant because I was sweating like crazy, <laughs> I had such, so many butterflies. And it ended up being not a great date in the sense of like, he lied about his age. He he said my name incorrectly. Um, He called me by the wrong name, like at the end of the day, didn't tell me his real name. Just so it was just, you know, it was very, yeah, it was one of those experiences where I was like, wow, So now I know we FaceTime first and we do this and we do that. Like I learned, it's a a learning process. So in this, so how's dating going? Well, I'm, I'm happy to say that I'm no longer celibate. So that's been a great experience, <laughs> like passing out the sexy waters and like noticing what works, what doesn't, like using my voice, what works, <laughs> what, 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 yeah. works what doesn't. You're like, it all still works. <laughs> it all still works on my end. I can't say that about everybody else. But oh my me, gosh. It works. <laughs> um, we'll save that for a different episode. But anyway, yes. um, no, I mean, I've. I've made some really intense connections that have given me an opportunity to go inward and do some more healing and so like I cry almost every day because I'm triggered by um. something and it's for me and it's hard because you know I think when you least expect it like they say someone will show up in your life that's like all these amazing things but not the right person and so that's been um. challenging to navigate through and also just witnessing some really incredible men that have really shown up and they ha- they check a lot of boxes, but like chemistry wise, it's not there. And so navigating through this idea of rejection and not feeling apologetic, not apologizing for saying no to somebody, not feeling guilty about it, but also honoring the feeling that like, this is me honoring my truth and not people pleasing. Um, so I'm at the point now where I think because I went through you know the past eight, nine weeks of dating and having these experiences, I'm getting a lot more rooted in what I want. And I'm getting a lot more clear in what I want. And I also feel like swiping and dating can be a little bit of a distraction. And for me, mm-hmm. resistance to my purpose will show up in being very busy. And I think that part of the timing around me starting to date again was that I'm evolving to another level in my business and I'm like oh let me just distract myself with dating yeah. so I don't have to like do the work that I need to do right. so I'm I'm kind of on the other side of that and I'm rooting in and saying you know my time is so valuable my energy is so valuable and so I don't want all these like just random dudes hanging out in my energy field so I recently made the decision to like, if I don't have a deeper connection with somebody, I've cut them all off. And there's, I'm really only dating at the, this moment, two people versus before yeah. it was like seven.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I, I, it's so funny. Cause I'm in a similar phase too, where, yeah, it was like, well, let's explore and have fun and see what's out there. And like, I haven't been single since I was 23 years old, you know? So like, just like, exploring and yeah, yeah seeing see what's possible and yeah. and i would absolutely agree that using apps and we're in this time a little limited but using apps um for me it's like replaced a lot of instagram scrolling so i'm just yes. using that mindless scrolling now on a dating app with like humans and stuff and and so that's something i've become really aware of i'm like this is kind of a, a waste of time you know, cause then also we think ROI and like, okay, well, how many great connections have come out of this time? And you know, is it worth it? Yes. No, that sort of thing, but also feeling one, there is an element of like scarcity energy in dating apps because it is that like, who, who's next swipe, 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 oh, swipe. Yes. What about this? What about this? You know, da, 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 that sort of thing. And so I've definitely been feeling myself ready to like take a break from the dating apps. And because I'm also feeling much more inspired in my business, now too. And additionally, like shit, I've said, and like 50 times. <laughs> and with what you were saying also of, you know, because I, I felt that when I first, um, my ex and I decided to to split up and, and shift out of our marriage, I definitely had that like, oh, well, I want attention. I want comfort. I want somebody who adores me. Like I want, I don't want to feel lonely, like all that. And it has been, I you know, I've had a couple of meaningful um, connections, I would say, but have been very clear on not wanting a relationship for, for a bit. And I think I'm stepping out of that phase, like, and be more open to a relationship. And I also passed through, and I'm still working on it, but passed through that, like, loneliness stuff, because yes. for a while it was very much motivated by the loneliness factor and attention factor. Right. Yes. And so now that I'm like, wait, I'm much more secure in being by myself and everything. And, and so that's, and now I'm like, okay, so then I don't, I don't need to be spending as much energy here. Cause it wasn't always from like the highest place yeah. for me. So yeah. So I, I hear that a lot. I, I get that. And I think
0: it comes from, you know, this is where like the opposite can also be true of like, you know, whatever your dating or relationship patterns are, right? Some people, hi, myself will jump from like relationship to relationship. So I didn't know what it was like to be single at all or to date. Like I've never Mm -hmm. really done that. Like I just fall in love and I'm like, I love you. Let's be together forever. Like I just, you're awesome and will settle. Right. And I realized, Mm. I realized that after being single for a year and taking that space of like pattern interrupt, right? Like you have to interrupt the pattern in order to see like what's on the other side of it. Otherwise you just stay in the loop. Right. And so that loneliness and that pause gives you an opportunity to sit and be like, well, what is it about this that makes me feel lonely? Like there's a difference between being alone and being lonely, two totally different energies. Right. Right. But then the opposite can also be true for the person that's just like serially single, who's just like, doesn't want to be in a relationship that's been single for five years. And that can also be a pattern where you have a fear of commitment, where you get into a relationship and you get close to someone and you freak out. And after six months, you're like, "Mm, this doesn't work, right? So like, I think for anybody that's listening, that's kind of feeling like, you know, resonating with our stories, the power is in the pattern and Mm -hmm.
2: having a pattern interrupt. Yeah, and even one of mine that I'm noticing too, and I know you and I have talked about this, is like, I enjoy having a lot of options available until, sorry everybody, because I will not settle. Like, if it takes a lot for me to want to be in an exclusive, very committed partnership. And so, and I still like to be desired and wanted and have attention, and that stuff comes from the wounded place right? And so it's like, oh, well, I've got like a solid roster right now, like, you know, but then being like, yeah, yeah. And like how, like, let's take a a closer look at that. And why am I doing that? And and there absolutely can be a very healthy way that that happens. And there also can be ways that are like, oh no, I'm nurturing some ineffective habits and ineffective patterns by doing this. So let's take a closer look. So yeah, I love that pattern interrupt and being just so self-aware of, how you're showing up for yourself, how you're showing up for others. And I think ultimately, because and and I want to shift out of, out of the dating talk that I could talk about this for so long with you. But I think ultimately, like one of the biggest things for me is like just getting so honest with yourself and what you're looking for and what your intentions are and then communicating that with, yes. with everybody, right? So that everyone's expectations and stuff can be better managed, you know? Um, so that, that one of the things with like getting back into the dating world is like just being so honest with myself and what I want and what I'm available for and communicating that to anybody that's dropping into my space, you know? So
0: true. I mean, that's everything, right? And you reserve the right to change your mind at any time. Like two weeks ago, you could have been like, no, I'm just, I'm casual. And then now you'd be like, no, I changed my mind. I want a serious relationship.
2: Yeah. Yeah, of course. All right. So gosh, like we'll have to revisit the dating chat. We'll have to have a check-in in a couple we months for everybody. Totally yeah. Update. Like, so I mean, how's that. it going?
0: <laughs> Hot girl
2: summer. Right. So speaking of the past year, regardless of the, the dating part of it, what has been for you? Cause we all had our own experience in 2020. What has been one of the biggest challenges and the biggest lessons or blessings that have come out of 2020?
0: You know, I feel like because like 2020 for me, and I say this with a lot of like understanding that this was not everybody's experience, but 2020 for me was a really awesome year. Like I'm just going to share that. Um I feel like 2019 was such a fucking shit show in my life with like everything that I had identified with was stripped away. Like my network mm-hmm. marketing company was gone my income went to zero again. I was back in debt. I transitioned out of my marriage. I also sold everything and like did the quintessential, like $500 to my name, drove across country, moved from upstate New York to California. Like 2019 was my 2020 for most people. Mm -hmm. So coming into 2020, I was literally starting from ground zero. And it gave me the opportunity to look at my fear and my limiting beliefs around money and abundance and my gifts and decide, like, what are you going to do, sis? Like, I'm up at 2 a.m. crying, scrolling indeed.com, looking for jobs, thinking I'm going to go waitress if I need to, right? That worst case (laughs) scenario, seriously, like, fuck, what am I going to do if, like, Doing the math on my phone and knowing that, like on Wednesday, my bank account's gonna overdraw. Like this was really this was a real story. Like I had twenty nine dollars in my bank account and a seventy dollar credit card bill that was due, and no other money coming in. And so in those moments, I had a choice: Am I going to go against what I know I'm here on this earth to do, which is teach, coach, mentor, serve to my highest capacity? Or am I going to go back to the quote unquote safe route and get the job and get a, you know, steady paycheck? Like which two are you going to choose? And like my soul, every time I would get on Indeed and start scrolling for jobs, it's like my, my soul family would like bitch slap me and be like, you know, you're not going to fucking do that. Go to sleep, (laughs) go lean into your gifts, go create some content. Go on your stories and talk about what you want to call in, but get into the energy of abundance first. And I really had to go through that experience again to remember what it's like to take action from an abundant place, even when you have $29 in your bank account. And wouldn't you know, I signed a $10,000 client the day before. And like, literally that moment was so powerful for me. That was in, I think it was in March. And it just reminded me like, oh yeah, like you're powerful, you can do this. And the snowball effect of that, of every single day tapping into the frequency of who I wanna become versus who I was. Yeah. Every single day I'm becoming that person. So how does she think? How does she show up? How does she act? And so 2020 for me gave me the choice of which one of these two paths are you gonna follow? And I chose the one that felt really fucking hard and scary, but felt in alignment. So sometimes when you're on your path and you're like operating from a place of alignment, it doesn't feel good. Like it doesn't feel like it makes sense. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel safe, but it feels right. And it feels self-honoring. And as a result of that, 2020 gifted me so many opportunities to face those beliefs and to evolve into the version of who I am today and to manifest this life and create this abundance. And also like 2020 gave me the opportunity to connect with you and Taylor and Jess and Jen and Sam and like the women, that this like posse that we formed in a way that like, I've never connected with women before. And, you know, we've traveled and had these experiences and all these conversations and it's, it's just evolved my life in so many ways. And I don't know, like, I don't know if 2020 wasn't what it was, if we would have been given those opportunities, right? Right. We we have no idea. So man, what the greatest lesson I learned in 2020 was to follow the path that doesn't always feel easy, but feels right.
2: Okay. Yes. it so makes sense. I love it. And when that whole, what feels right, you know, you and I know trusting your intuition, like turning inward, being in alignment, listening to yourself, being able to even hear yourself. And so many people are like, yeah, but I don't even, I don't even, I can't even hear myself. Like, I don't even know how to get in tune with my gut to, to even begin listening to it. So what advice would you give somebody for how to like clear out the crap and the bullshit and all that stuff so that you can hear what your like soul or your higher self or your gut is telling you so that you can feel into when something feels right or something feels wrong? Where does somebody start with that? Oh my
0: gosh. (laughs) I, it starts with just having an awareness of where your thoughts go. Like for me, the first step, I remember having this, this very like distinct memory of When I started to work through my stuff with money, where I would I would hear myself like I caught my thought, like I actually paid attention to my thought, going like somebody would ask me if I wanted to go on a trip, or I would see like a course that I would want to buy, and I would I would first have a physical reaction in my body of like excitement, like opening, ooh, right, and the immediate thought that would come into my head would be, but how much does it cost? Yes, and that. That right there, those two things, the physical feeling in the body and then an awareness of where the thoughts go indicate to you your beliefs and what's driving the bus because your beliefs drive the bus, right? And so once I started to first notice how things were feeling in my body and then start to pay attention to where my thoughts were going, I could say, oh, well, that's interesting. Why am I thinking that thought? Where did that come from? And it gave me an opportunity to start unwinding, like, limiting beliefs and what lens I was looking through. And for me, meditation, breath work, dancing, movement, journaling, somatic therapy, anything that's going to get you literally out of your head and more in tune with your body is the thing that's going to help you gauge what's right versus what's wrong. Right. And for me, I was so in the context of my marriage I was so shut off from my body. Like physically I had zero sex drive. I didn't want to be touched. I couldn't experience pleasure in any way, shape or form because I was so shut off from it. So because I was given that gift, (laughs) it gave me the opportunity to learn how to become more in touch with my body and more in tune. And here's a real day example. Like going back to dating, like sometimes even though something is right, it doesn't feel good. Right. So you and I've had these conversations, like I'm in a container right now with a man who like, I have an insane, insane connection with, like, I feel like he is in a lot of ways, everything that I've asked for. And we connected on a very deep level. And there's a lot of like um, chemistry there, but I know that it's not him. Like, I know, I know, I know it. I know it's not the right person.
2: And I mean, you know that, yeah, I've had that same experience recently. And
0: and it's like, you know it because your body tells you like, this is a no. Like it's the little, like, you know, this isn't good for you. Yeah, but like, I really want the attention. And what if he's going to change? And it's like, we go back and forth, right? And so I literally will cry every single day because I know I need to cut this off because it's not what's right for me. But yet I still want to pursue it. So I just want to share that, like, just because you know, without a shadow of a doubt that something is right for you, doesn't mean that it's going to feel good. Like it's going to hurt and it's going to feel really challenging. But at the end of the day, like when you can honor your needs, you're going to build so much more confidence for yourself, even though it doesn't feel right. Like like,
2: sometimes, sometimes the things that are right and those right decisions for us to keep us in alignment and true to ourselves are some of the most difficult and excruciating things to do. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a All right.
0: <laughs> Shifting
2: gears. What is, and I know we're getting close to time and we could talk forever. Yes. What are some habits or rituals or practices that help you stay in alignment, help you stay in peak state, help you to be successful? Like what are some of your go-to habits or rituals?
0: Um, Movement for sure. Like I have to move every single day, whether that's dancing, walking, Peloton, working out, lifting weights. Like, as I mentioned earlier, my energy is my number one priority. So like really honoring my body and my vessel. So that's sleep, nutrition, pleasure. That's a new one for me. Movement, exercise, like just honoring my meat suit and like getting myself (laughs) into peak state, right? Meditating for sure. Even start small. You can use, like I've started with the calm app. Now I just Mm -hmm. put on some high frequency music on YouTube and I kind of get into my zone. Journaling for sure has been a huge, huge practice for me and visualization. Like I mentioned this earlier, but anytime I am taking action in my business or making decisions, even in this example that I was sharing with this guy, like what would the future version of me do? What would she accept? What would she tolerate? How would she show up? And so it's like, that's peak state for me is operating from that place. And then I think the last thing is, is connection. Like I'm an introvert. Mm. You're an extrovert. We love each other. Like the extrovert in you pulls (laughs) out the fun in me and like vice versa. Right. But I think having support is everything because without it, we can just get so lost in our own heads. So it's nice to have women in your life that you can celebrate, but also can hold space for you to navigate through the tough stuff
2: and also celebrate you. Yeah, I love that. And as we talked about already, last year was like a wild. And this year, 2021 seems to be continuing that trend. What was like something really random that you either like did bought? Like one of mine that I, I keep saying, like I bought a bidet for my house. <laughs> Do did you not know
0: you just, this? I did. I just didn't expect you to say that. <laughs> I
2: love you. Yeah, because like when when everyone was like killing each other over toilet paper and stuff and you could only buy like two rolls at Costco at a time, like I'm like, well, I guess I'll just get a bidet and I fucking love that thing. I love it. So I'm like very excited that I went there. Any random 2020 super like what's like your 2020 thing that you got? Or did? Well,
0: there were so many. Well, we, I said, "fuck you," and went to Mexico and gave zero fucks about traveling. There's that. But yes, I think when I think about like the purchases I made, if we're gonna like go into that category, it was two things. One, I did. um, I had a really big launch in May. It was the biggest launch I'd had to date. It was a little over twenty grand. I think I made thirty k for the whole month, and I had always wanted a Louis Vuitton wallet. So I bought myself a a Louis Vuitton wallet and it just, for me, it like, it's every time I see it, it reminds me of the experiences that I went through in the first half of the year and shifting into that future version of myself and operating Mm -hmm. from that place of abundance, right? And I purposefully got a wallet because it houses all of my money, right? It has like my credit cards, my debit cards, my bank account, like literally it is the thing that contains all of my money. And so I'm a person that likes to have, I don't, I mean, I like material things. Like I appreciate nice stuff, but it doesn't drive me, but having things like that, that it just anchors in memories and experiences. Right. And then when I, so I turned 41 um, in the end of December, and I decided to like frost myself with a bunch of diamonds. So I got yeah. all new diamond jewelry, which was really nice. That was another thing that I did in 2020. And then the last thing was I hired a coach uh, because I knew that I was stepping into this like big container of of really owning my niche and really like serving network marketers in a bigger way. And I know that like I'll quit on myself, so I invested. In a coach. And that was a pretty big investment. So yeah, those were the, those were the 2020 ish things that
2: I did. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. Just so to, to wrap us up, I would love for you to share like, and you've already dropped so much freaking like genius and insight into this conversation already, but what is one key piece of advice, whether that's an action item, a quote that you love, a thought, a question to ask yourself, a habit, for people who are looking to really stand out as like the most bold, vibrant, aligned, unapologetic version of themselves.
0: Hmm. So this quote keeps coming up for me. It's actually, I saw, I have a um, postcard that I got, like, I don't even know when it was, I was at least 15 years ago. Okay. And it was a picture of this person that was like walking, you know, when you like walk on a cobblestone street and, or a line or a, a r- railroad track, you have your hands out yeah. and you're balancing on one foot. So it was like this person walking down some sort of cobblestone street. And the quote on the bottom says, some may think you're following the wrong path, but it's simply just a path of your own. Mm. And that just always reminded me to, again, come back to your truth, like your truth is your experience and no one can argue your truth, right? They may not accept it. They might not subscribe to it, but your truth is yours and yours alone. And the more that you can honor that and the more that you can show up from a place of authenticity and owning your truth, the more clear that path becomes and it's nobody else's path but your own. And again, like just because it might look like, fucking terrifying doesn't mean that it's not for you.
2: So yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. And to officially wrap us up, where can everybody find you? And if they're looking to get plugged into coaching with you, your programs, all that, where, where can everyone work with you and then find you on the internet?
0: You can slide in my DMs because the gram is where I hang out. I'm at the Melissa Martin on Instagram. Yeah, that's really the best way. And if you are curious about um, any offerings that I have or coaching, you can just DM me there and you'll probably see me sharing a ton of Lauren's memes because <laughs> they
2: are amazing. <laughs> No, yeah, I'm like, do I the do time. we start a, a meme account or something? Maybe one day we'll see. I
0: think we, we're gonna create. A, so we were talking about this last night, like, not, not to continue on this path, but like literally, our text message thread is every man's like worst nightmare come true. Like the things that we talk about in our text right, message guys. thread, and I really think that at some point we should have someone go through all of our, no, we should go through our voice memos and like create memes from the things that we talk about. Cause they're so funny. We're funny. people. Oh my gosh.
2: We're hilarious. <laughs> yeah. We're let's hilarious. just get that straight. We are <laughs> fucking hilarious. Date us. What? Um, <laughs> <Single>. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. So probably meme account dating masterclass. I don't know coming up, but anyhow, y'all this is one of my bestest friends in the whole world. She's a fucking boss queen. So yes, please go find her on Instagram, the Melissa Martin and yeah, soak up all she is putting out into the world.
0: Love you, girl. Thank you for finally sharing your gifts and creating this platform. I cannot fucking
2: I hate to see
0: the magic that's created. So fun.
1: Thank you so much for living your boldly courageous life with me today. I am beyond grateful for you and this amazing community we are building together. It's truly my mission to get this message out into the world and empower others to step fully into the life they've always dreamed of. I would be so incredibly grateful if you would join me in this mission by sharing this episode with your friends and heading over to iTunes to leave me a five-star review. And until the next episode, remember to live your boldly courageous life. Bye.